Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Hope you're having a great week. I know it's been a tough week, really, for most of the state of Texas. A lot of weather issues. Uh, I'm, I haven't looked at the entire map, but I think a good chunk of the state has been dealing with ice, uh, low temperatures, some power outages. So let's be in prayer for our fellow Texans out there as they uh, maybe thaw out of things today and then sort of work on the cleanup. As a matter of fact, I'm broadcasting from home, from my home studio. So if you hear some cracking, that's become a familiar sound over the past couple of days. Those are tree branches that are still falling. Um, and hopefully many of them will be melting and we won't have some of those issues. But hey, our show is about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we do this show every week. We've been running for, I think, over five years now. So excited to have you a part of it. We typically have a guest every week, not every week, but an overwhelming majority of weeks. Uh, but today we're not because, look, a lot of people are, like I said, working on recovery efforts, just trying to stay warm and look out for each other. So um, we decided we'd just do the show solo. Myself, I had the ability to do that. I still have power at my house. So I'm going to share on Facebook uh, the feed here if you would do the same. So we can't, for people that are at home, maybe some more people are home than usual, uh, they can get updated and follow some of our work. And if you have questions, drop them into the chat. As a matter of fact, watch the chat because we're going to drop a link to an article that just went up today in the Federalist. That's one of the most widely read news articles, uh, uh, excuse me, countrywide national news article about some of the work that we see happening in the state of Texas during the legislative session, particularly on the pro-life issue. And I want to focus today's show on a couple of big topics. We'll probably get into a few more details but sort of some wrap up from a lot of activities over January on the pro-life issue, uh, a little bit of commentary and discussion about what we see happening in the legislative session on the pro-life issue, but also some major updates of some big bills that dropped this week, some bills that we're very supportive of at the state level. You know, we're in the middle of our, middle of our state legislative session. It started earlier in January. Some very important bills were filed this week. We did some press releases on it. I know some of that might have piled up on you because uh, some of those things were going to be spread out, and they, a lot of them ended up being on Monday. But I wanted to get into a little bit of a discussion about that and really a lot of discussion this week on the Save Women Sports issue because uh, what's today? I think Tuesday or maybe it was yesterday was National Women's Sports Day that uh, is not necessarily designed to focus on the issues that we work on on the Save Women Sports issue, but um, certainly, um, excuse me, I'm checking my feet here, certainly gave us an opportunity to highlight that. And maybe some people in the, uh, you know, day-to-day -day sports world were not expecting that, but share this feed, like it, let's get it in some chats, let's get it in some groups, because we're going to have one of the most important discussions of the legislative session today. First of all, uh, if you don't, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, uh, uh, click the, the subscribe little bell or whatever it is, like this feed. Um, that way you can get videos from us every week. You'll get notified when we do new videos. And we do this one every week, but we also have some other featured ones that we'll be producing. As a matter of fact, that gives me a chance to highlight one of the newest members of our team, Ashley Fordenall, is now a official member of the Texas Values team. She's full-time and she's doing a lot of creative work on video. You'll also see her up at the Capitol with us doing some media work as well. I'm really excited about that, but let's circle back to where we started. Pro-life 
issues that, I mean, we were involved in a lot of pro-life work over January and it's not, I mean, I don't know, it's January pro-life month. The reason there's a lot of that is because in 1973, I believe on January 22nd, the Supreme Court handed down the decision Roe versus Wade. So for many years, that month has been focused on rallies, marches, a lot of activity to highlight uh, the concerns and the devastation, the lives that are lost, 50, 60 million over almost 50 years to abortion, right? Roe versus Wade is a case that came out of Texas from Dallas County. Henry Wade was a district attorney in Dallas County. Roe was a woman named Norma McCorvey. That was a pseudonym. They just used that to hide her name. She ended up becoming pro-life later on, as a matter of fact started off being used by the abortion industry and herself supporting abortion, but that changed. Um, that case was overturned last year, but for many years, there was a lot of activity in January because that's when the, the U.S. Supreme Court originally decided that decision. So we would remember that. We try to use that month and around that date to bring attention to the life issue so people could continue to appreciate life more. Uh, this year, a little bit more significant, right? Last year, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And look, I'm not saying this because I'm from Texas and we were the leading faith and family organization that worked on the heartbeat law. And I put my heart and soul into leading that effort as well. As, of course, a lot of members of my team and other good people. But over the past month, I don't know how many times I heard people say when they talked about Roe versus Wade being overturned, they also said that the Texas heartbeat law had a hand in that. It created an environment. It showed the way. It had some impact that allowed the court to see how you could have a law like this and basically almost a complete ban on abortion and that the sky wouldn't fall and that it would make sense and the culture was ready for it and, and all those different things and that it made sense legally, right? whatever the case may be. Uh, that's been very encouraging to me because that was part of our hope, right? I mean, we wanted to end abortion. We wanted to save lives. Um, and so it's not like we planned it that way, but we had discussions about that. I mean, we wanted to do whatever we could, the strongest piece of legislation we could have. And this was over a year before the Supreme Court decided the Roe versus Wade. It's actually the court case was Dobbs v. Jackson out of Mississippi, that ended up overturning Roe versus Wade when they decided to allow a 15-week ban out of the state of Mississippi uh, to stay in effect. And so it's been encouraging to me. Also, I was in D.C., as you know, you might have seen, for the March for Life. And, you know, we were proudly holding up our signs, Texas is a pro-life, all this good stuff. And a lot of people were saying nice things. Thank you, Texas. Great job, Texas. Texas helped lead the way. You know, all these different things. You know, we need to be more like Texas on the pro-life issue. All those things are encouraging. That lets us know that our work is making a difference. We're saving lives. I was able to be on a national, really an international interview on EWTN, which is a Catholic uh, news source that is, uh, they have their own channel, they're online, they're, they're all over the place. I think they're the, um, they get the, they have the most viewership and reach of any international media entity, maybe Catholic or, or ever. I don't know. They've got a huge reach. So I went in studio in DC, did a wonderful interview there, got to talk about what Texas is doing. And as I mentioned, you can see in the chat here that there's a great article that just posted on the Federalist talking about what Texas is going to do to have a comprehensive approach to protect life, not only protecting babies in the womb, but what about afterwards, right? And so there's a great program called the Alternatives to Abortion Program that gives funding to charitable entities. And there are over 300 nonprofit pregnancy resource centers across the state of Texas. 
that do charitable things for women every day. So these resources can be used all the way up until the baby is three years old. Okay. So we're not just talking about in the womb. We're not just talking about right after the baby's born, but support for the mother and her family and the child up to the child being three years old. That's that's a pretty significant approach and support that the state of Texas is offering. And, and, and there's about $100 million in that program. We're hoping to see that program amount go up, right? More babies are going to be born because of the laws that we now have that protect babies from abortion. And so there are going to be more women that are going to need that support. You have to imagine. And we don't want them to feel like they're alone, right? We want them to know we you've got we got your back, okay? We're going to be there with you in one way or another. And Abby Johnson says $200 can be the difference in whether or not a woman decides to have an abortion. And we know now Planned Parenthood has set up a mobile abortion clinic, if you even call it that. I mean, I call it a death camp, a death camp on wheels, right? They're running, they're they're driving around, they're positioned, or they say they are, right across the state line in New Mexico, trying to lure women over there to have an abortion. We don't want women to think that that's even really necessary at all, right? They've got options. They've got support. They can stay right here at home in Texas where they want to be and raise their child and family with um, a lot of support and a lot of confidence and a lot of love. I mean, so much of this work is about loving people and caring for them. Okay, listen, I, I mean, I'm only seeing 15 people that are watching as far as sort of how Facebook uh, accounts for how many people they're watching. Come on, we got to do better than that. People, I mean, what are there, 35, 33 million people in the state of Texas, and we got 15 people watching our feed. We have 260,000 followers on Facebook, and only 17 are watching right now. Come on, y'all can do better. Push this into four or five groups. Forward it to friends. Like it. Comment. Let's get the traffic up, because these conversations are important. (laughs) Excuse me. The reason that we do one of the biggest reasons we do this show every week is because it is unfiltered, it is uncensored, it's unedited, and it's uncancelable. okay? We don't have to just have a 5 to 10, 15-second clip on the media somewhere, which is what they do a lot of times. They come into our office, we do something virtually, and you're on camera or they're, you know, they're recording you for about five or six minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And then the show, you know, their piece runs and it's like 10, 15 seconds, you know, and they cut stuff up. And I'm not picking on them particularly. I understand, you know, they've got a short amount of time and they package stuff. But a lot of times you don't hear everything we say on those interviews. So this show um, gets around that, right? It, it creates a format where we can say what needs to be said for at least 30 minutes every week. And we can have people on that are going to tell the truth about a lot of issues. And we don't have to rely on the media to carry our message and then get disappointed when they don't. Um, It's right here to offer. And look, I've been doing this work for close to 20 years. All right. I've just about seen it all. And I'm not saying there's not anyone that knows these issues better than I do. But when it comes to Texas and the state legislature, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone, myself and members of our team, that know a little bit about these issues or more than we do. So that's why we want to provide you that quality of information. Speaking of the state legislature, you can see I'm using a virtual backdrop. I'm not in the Texas House, but it probably looks like that, okay? Because of the weather, um, a lot of the work in the state capitol has been canceled or rescheduled this week. So, uh, But that doesn't mean the work stops. We've been working from home. We've been communicating with legislators and their staff. We've been working together as a team. 
because the pro-life work continues. Go to thefederalist.com. Check out our the link in our chat to find that article that I wrote together with uh, the uh, talented and wonderful member of our team, Arena Grossu. So let me shift gears. Well, first of all, we had the Texas Rally for Life this past Saturday. So I went to March for Life in D.C., also went to the Texas Rally for Life in our home area in Austin across the street from our office. And it was wonderful as well. I got to read. I got to meet. Excuse me, Ryan Bomberger, who leads an organization called Radiance Foundation. If you're not familiar with them, you're going to hear more about them from us. But I got to spend some time with him. I've not met him in person before, and got to hear him speak his story. Right, his mother was raped. He is the product of rape, if you will. I don't think he likes to say it that way. He was born out of love and um, and welcomed into a wonderful family. The reason I focus on that is because, and he tells the story purely, um, that that is a part of his history. And he uses it as a way to say, look, you know, let's not think that, that um, in that awful circumstance that we should do more damage by taking the life of the child. Right. And that wonderful things can come from that. And so his life is a testimony to that. Got to meet him. A lot of wonderful people came by our booth. By the way, we're doing a great event on March 13th. This is the Texas Faith and Family Day. We do this event every legislative session. It's not every year because the legislature only meets every two years. Okay. But we do it every other year. March 13th, mark your calendar. We've been sending a lot of reminders, a lot of updates, but I got some big ones for you. Okay. So this is a a complete day at the state capitol. If you can dedicate the whole day or half the day, make the trip. People from all over the state come in, and we educate you earlier in the day about what's happening on pro-life, religious freedom, marriage and family, gender modification, save women's sports, school choice, all those topics. And then we do a rally on the South Steps just to get our message out to the public. We're going to have some wonderful speakers there, elected officials. And then we turn you loose to the Capitol, match you up with your state house and Senate member so you can communicate in person your support for these issues. But I got to announce to y'all, Abby Johnson, pro-life leader, formerly involved in the abortion industry. Many of us know her story. She's going to be one of our guest speakers at the Faith and Family Day. Riley Gaines. Have you seen Riley, this amazing female swimmer who was an NCAA champion? She had to race against Leah Thomas. You know, the guy that's from Austin, Texas, that went and swam on the women's team in college up in the University of Pennsylvania and stole uh, awards and championships away from some women. Last year, she had to race against him. She is an incredible swimmer. Now she's become one of the strongest and most widely recognized voices on the Save Women Sports movement so we don't have men competing in women's sports. She's going to be there. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have another big announcement by the end of this week. But um, go to our website. You can see a link. We're trying to update the, the main website for the event right now so we can relaunch it so you can see all these updates. But the event is free, even though for registration, we have a $5 fee. That just covers your lunch. You're going to have to eat that day. And good luck eating for less than $5. We'll have a box lunch for you. It's going to be from Jason's Deli. It's going to be you know plenty to, to fill you up. We're going to have a wonderful day at the Capitol and get our message out. So that's March 13th. Speaking of the Texas Capitol, all right, let me catch my breath. See, that's what happens when I'm on the show on my own. I just get on a roll and I got to slow down. All right, that's just how I am sometimes when uh, when I'm the only one speaking. Um, we had a big week this week because, as you know, we're in the middle of the state legislative session, started in January, ends in May, and a couple of big bills were filed. I mean, bills are being filed almost every day, but a couple that we were highlighting. 
Uh, one is on the gender modification issue, right? This continues to be a concern for us that we don't have anything in place that protects children um, from being forced and having them go through, whether they're choosing it or not, through a process that removes body parts that can never be put on before, that really um, can do damage to other parts of their body. And these are kids, okay? They're, I mean, like a lot of kids are still trying to figure things out and there's no regulations in place. We have nothing that regulates this or says this is unethical. It's really, as I was saying last year, it's like the wild, wild west in the medical community. And the medical community is making so much money. And so many times these individuals later say they regret doing it. As a matter of fact, a person who goes through one of these transition um, surgeries and processes I think their um, the rate of suicide is dramatically higher. Is it 19 times? I'm trying to remember the stat that Nate Schatzline, Representative Schatzline, mentioned at, at an event a week or so ago. Um, it's through the roof, right? I mean, and so why would we put kids in this position? So we're supporting legislation on that issue. We also highlighted the fact that um, Save Women Sports Bill, and those the bills that were filed on that issue is Senator Donna Campbell and also, excuse me, um, um, Representative Tom Oliverson. So go to our website, txvaluesaction.org, our action site, and our main website, txvalues.org, to check the bill numbers. On the Save Women Sports Bill, the um, a Senate version was filed. Senator Mays Middleton filed a bill on that earlier this week, and it was National Women's Sports sort of Remembrance Day yesterday. A ton of attention on this issue. Riley Gaines, speaking of Riley Gaines, this amazing swimmer who was an NCAA champion swimmer from University of Kentucky. She tells a story about how Leah Thomas, she was forced, as other women, to be in the same locker room while he was undressing. Nobody told her it was going to happen. He, They just let him show up and strip down. And that's exactly what, I mean, you know how the swimmers are dressed. They basically, I mean, they hardly have any clothes on, but a very small swimsuit. So they got to pretty much take everything off. And, you know, I don't know exactly how she describes it, but enough to say none of his body parts have changed. I mean, it's all there exposed. And, you know, she told us um, when we met with her that he was still having relationships or uh, physical interactions to, of a sexual nature, I believe, with women. I mean, this guy, you know, it's not I mean, this is basically a guy in the women's locker room. And so it, it's look, I mean, I could go on, but she testified at uh, before Congress, the U.S. House Committee, I believe this week we posted her video and um, her testimony. She's going to testify at the state capitol this year in Texas. She is absolutely extraordinary. But wait, what makes it so extraordinary about her is she's had to deal with this personally. And she can talk about how hard it is to get to the level of a swimmer she is. As a matter of fact, we put a wonderful video together. We've got a, a short and a long version. If you go to our YouTube page, if you check our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, we put it up. Uh, one of them is about one minute long. And we walk you through sort of her history so people can understand the dedication it takes, particularly for young women, to get to that level, to go to college and compete in sports. And so it really drives home the issue of how unfair it is to allow men to compete in women's sports. And so Senator Mays Middleton filed a bill on that. We're supportive of that. Of course, this is one of the biggest issues we're going to work on this session. It's unfinished business. We should have got it done last time. Nonetheless, here we are again. We've got to get it done this legislative session. So a couple of big issues. I'm about to run out of time in about two or three minutes. I think I have left. But um, March 13th is not the only day we're going to be out active at the Capitol. OK, and it's not the only day, even though it's Faith and Family Day and it's a big deal for us. 
Um, you can come any day of the week, all right? We have someone at the Capitol every day of the state legislative session. I believe we are the only faith and family organization that has someone at the Capitol every day of the legislative session that has always been a part of our work since we started 2013. And why I say that is for a few reasons. Number one, for you to appreciate and to know the depth and level of our commitment to these issues. Our office is literally across the street from the state capitol. And really, it takes that dedication a lot of times to get some meaningful things done, right? To lead the effort to pass the Texas heartbeat law, right? One of the most talked about pro-life pieces of legislation ever. Those We understand what the dynamics are and what it takes. Um, and so March 13th, Texas Faith and Family Day, it's going to be a huge day to focus on that. But you might need to come on a different day. You might have other, other plans that day. There may be some other time that you want to go. Um, that's why we're across the street. Come by our office. Let us know. We've got conference room space. We've got space within our own suite that you can use uh, to make you comfortable. You just want to catch your breath. You want to connect with us for a few minutes. Whatever the case may be, we're there to be a resource for y'all on these issues. And so uh, leading up to the Faith and Family Day, we're going to have some wonderful events, primarily virtually. Our Legislative Advocacy 101 will help train people about what to do when you get to the Capitol that day on March 13th or other days. And so if you want to come to the Capitol and bring a group, let us know. We will walk you through the process. We'll meet you at the Capitol. We'll take your group around a little bit and give you a little bit of insight on things. It happens every session. We've got student groups. we got church groups. We've got uh, political groups, a variety of different people that come and say, hey, I'm bringing a group to the Capitol. Can you guys give us a little talk while we're there? Absolutely. Right. We do that all the time. That's a big reason why we're there. In addition to the fact that we're there every day working with legislators through all different parts of the process. As we get into March, you're going to see the focus shift and change towards working things through committee. Right. Right now, it's getting things filed and sort of getting positioned, getting all your witnesses together, sort of getting a strategy and a plan for when legislation starts moving to get things done. The Senate has already announced their committees. And, and I think the lieutenant governor has done a wonderful job on that. Really love to see a lot of the great people Texas Values has worked for many years are now in the position of being chairs of very important committees, including our good friend, Senator Brian Hughes, who again is chairing state affairs. Um, Senator Angela Paxton, I see Bob Hall is chairing a committee, Brandon Creighton, uh, many to go down the list, Kelly Hancock, you name it. Uh, but the House has not released uh, Donna Campbell as well. Oh, Lois Goldkorst, of course. Um, is also a chair. So the House has not released their committee chairs yet. And we've been trying to put something out this week. It's been a little tricky with the weather. There's nobody at the Capitol because we want to get the word out to the Speaker's office and to other members' office, and we want a chance for you to do that. Um, so we may be releasing that tomorrow. But what we're going to be saying is the the Speaker of the House needs to um, needs to appoint somebody chair of the public education committee that is committed to these issues because that's not been the case in the past okay um, and it's not like other you know committees don't matter but that's been a big issue for a lot of uh, back, a big committee for a lot of issues we work on public education it's also been a committee well it's a committee we can expect this session a lot of the work we care about parental rights keeping pornography and other nonsense out of public schools making sure drag queens are not having events and public education, excuse me, at public schools, making sure that curriculum that we care about in public education and public schools um, meets the standards that we care about as parents and Texans. 
a variety of different issues, okay? Last session, Harold Dutton, a Democrat, chaired that committee, and it was awful. I mean, it's a surprise that anything was able to come out of that committee. And as a matter of fact, the Save Women's Sports Bill was really forced in a lot of ways to only be K through 12 because of the chair of that committee. On top of the fact that it really didn't move, we didn't really have a chance of getting anything done until third special session. Valerie Swanson had to lay out a piece of legislation on the Save Women's Sports Bill four times, okay? Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to check my, I'm trying to remember for if we even got a committee hearing in the regular session, it might not have been until the special, whatever the case may be. His leadership on that committee was a disaster to our issues in a roadblock. They even passed a bill out of that legislative session, excuse me, out of that committee that I believe have some LGBT language on it. And look, there were Republicans on that committee. Some of them were not very good. Um, so that contributed to the problem. But the chairman has a big role. You know that there's been a lot of push um, by a lot of Republican activists saying no Democratic chairs. We've supported that as well. We're not a political organization, so we haven't been using some of the same messaging, but we've been we we've realized that, you know, any Democrat typically that you'd have as a chair in the House committee is not going to support the issues that we work on at Texas Values. And so we would like to see a chair of that committee who actually reflects that. And the reality is that's probably, you know, that's going to have to be a Republican. I don't think there's any Democrats that you can count on in the state house that would um that would um, be in a position that these issues could move forward and not be blocked. So we're going to put something out about that because we anticipate that the um, the numbers, excuse me, that the details of who's going to chair what committee, who's going to be a, a, on what committee is going to come out from the Speaker of the House's office pretty soon, Dade Phelan. So look out for that. Listen, if you care about the work we do, you see value in it, please make a tax deductible donation. Okay. We have expenses every month. Those expenses are going up because costs are going up across the state of Texas, but also because we are investing in more of this work. The state legislative session in a two-year cycle is one of the most important time periods for us to get the primary work done that we get done for you as fellow Texans in the legislative process. And so we're trying to bring more people on to do that work because it continues to grow as we have success. We have a wonderful intern that's working for us now. We got to provide resources for her to be able to do the job that she does. That allows more opportunities for young people moving forward. So look, a variety of different reasons. You can check our website. And look, have you downloaded our app? Somebody told us uh, we only have 100 people that have downloaded our app. Are you kidding me? Come on, Texans. Y'all can do better than that. We released an app about three months ago. We'll try to do a better job of promoting it, but download that app and make that uh, tax deductible donation to Texas Values today at txvalues.org. And that's how we'll continue to protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. Hey, be safe out there. We'll be praying for everybody as we try to recover from this weather because we've got some important work to do in the state of Texas. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.